0: So I'd like to once again introduce Dory. Dory is from Indianapolis, and uh, in our previous recording, we spoke about her dad, who passed away from—is it geoblastoma?
1: Yeah, glioblastoma.
0: Okay, which is a brain tumor, inoperable in her in his case, and um, he wasn't able to recover from it. This was a. A death sentence, so to speak. It was definitely um, he was not going to recover from this, and unfortunately, he need, he wanted to, and his thinking was that he would, but unfortunately, that didn't happen. So it was a nine-month process that she and her family, her mom and sister, um, went through to help him to adjust to this diagnosis and also to help him transition to his new life. And so um, I welcome her again. And in this segment, which I'm so grateful for you doing this, because I think it's going to help so many people to really know what goes on. You know, when someone has a terminal diagnosis and they need to address it and talk about it, And, you know, and have family and friends to come together and support you um, through such a difficult period of time. Yeah. interesting thing is, as we go through this kind of a process, most of the people in our life, they don't know what's going on in the background, do they?
1: Oh, gosh, no. No.
0: I mean, you go to work and you're dealing with everybody else and trying to do your own job. And then you come home to this. You know, very difficult period of life. Yeah. And in your case, it was nine months, but there are people who have cancer or other chronic illnesses where it's years, you know, and they never really. And that's the other thing I want to talk about because we discussed this briefly in the last episode. You never know when the end is going to come.
1: No. No, no, not at all. My dad had, I mean, no idea. He was, you know, he was um, living his best retired life, hiking through Santa Fe, um, taking photography classes, writing classes. And then the next day he was diagnosed with an incurable brain tumor and his life was changed forever. And so was ours. So it just, yeah, you really truly never know um, at all.
0: And I, I just, I always feel so, Um, concerned for for those who don't want to talk about this and as we were saying earlier it's death and dying is such a taboo subject in our society Um, at least it is in the United States now maybe overseas it's it's easier but for us it's like oh no Mm
1: -mm. not going there right yeah yeah. oh gosh yeah I mean in every way and everybody involved, you know, I mean, for, first of all, my dad, I mean, he was in denial and he, he tried to avoid the conversations of end of life as much as possible, because I think he thought if he could avoid talking about it, it would avoid happening to him. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, our support system too, as much as, as much as they, you know, wanted to be there for us. Um, they also kind of avoided talking about it and really digging into it. And it's, you know, it's, grief and death and loss is so isolating. And it's, you know, a time in your life where, um, you, you need comfort and people around you the most. And that's when it's the most isolating. So it's, it is sad that it's such a taboo subject because it really, it really shouldn't
0: be. No, it shouldn't be, but, uh, we're getting a little bit better since COVID happened. Yeah. You know, people are a lot more aware that the chances of them dying. Um, you know, quicker than they thought (laughs) can happen. You know, can happen. Mm -hmm. And with all that's going on in our world right now, and the uncertainty of world war and nuclear
1: weapons and all of this, we just don't know. I know it's a very scary thing to think about and to talk about out loud. Um, I know a lot of people want to avoid the topic too, but it's, you know, it's, it really is best to kind of just lean into it and talk to people about it.
0: Yes. I like that. The way you said to lean into it, because that's really what it takes.
1: It It really is. a lot of courage, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, leaning, really leaning into those feelings of being afraid and those feelings of grief and loss, leaning into them and feeling them and processing them and talking to people about those feelings. That is what is going to make, you know, the feelings feel better <laughs> as opposed to just avoiding them. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's never fun to feel those feelings though. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: But at least you have the opportunity to get it out of you because
1: yeah.
0: I always tell our listeners that it's so important to do that, to vent, to scream, to cry, whatever needs to be done, you need to get it out. And if it's talking great, find somebody who will listen that hopefully has had the same type of experience that you're going through, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned that, Earl, I remember this in one of our conversations, you said it was very hard for you to find other people who could understand what you were going through.
1: Yeah, it was, um, you know, a lot of my close circle of friends have never experienced a loss in general, but such a loss of, of a magnitude of a parent. Um, mm-hmm. so it was hard for, for first of all, my support system to really, um, to really know what to say to me, um, yeah. to know what, what, what the right thing was, how to talk to me about it, how to approach me. Um, so it, a lot of times I just ended up kind of avoiding it altogether, which is, I, I mean, that's really the wrong thing to do is to avoid it because it feels like you're, you know, avoiding talking about this person in your life that is, is dying. And it's, you know, when you need support the most. So that was really hard for, you know, my first layer of support system to, to be avoiding the topic. Um, but then it was hard to find, um, a therapist, um, and support groups in the area. So, um, I did actually find a great therapist for my dad. Um, yeah, I wanted him to, um, to be able to process those emotions with somebody else. Um, he did, you know, he did talk to my mom and sister and I about it, but I think it was hard for him to be vulnerable with us. Um, so I wanted him to have somebody that he could, that he could talk to and be fully open with. So it, it took a few, a few different tries, but we found a really amazing therapist. Um, you know the only thing I will say is that insurance did not cover that. Um, so that was that was a hard part. I mean, there was a lot of out of pocket costs in every way of this. And thankfully we we were able to to do all of this for him, but um it did not make it easy. Um, and then, yeah, there were not a ton of support groups. Um, there was a few online that I saw um, that were kind of I think, created because of Covid, but I really wanted something like tighter and in, in the community that I was in. Um, I just I think support groups are amazing. Yes. Um especially I if think,
0: you can especially if you could find one that's do that's yeah. for your exact type of grief.
1: Yes, exactly. And to be able to, I almost I mean, I mean as a therapist, it's hard for me to say this, but I almost think support groups are are more helpful than therapy sometimes because you're you're in the process with, you know, these people who have been through the same thing as you, but they're in different stages of their grief. So they can kind of help you guide or help guide you through this journey that, um, you know, you never, you never thought you would experience. So it's, um, it was hard. And I mean, I still, I really didn't find any kind of support groups that were helpful. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a hard process and I knew where to look too, of being in the healthcare field, you know, and utilized all the resources I knew. And I still, there wasn't really anything specific for, for, you know, what we were going through.
0: Right. Well, I have to agree with you completely because I always tell my listeners on the podcast um, just that try to find exactly the the people who are going through what you're going through. There is nothing better than a mother who has lost a baby talking to another mother who lost a baby versus going to a therapist for an awful lot of money and walking away an hour later and feeling like you educated them.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, Absolutely. I know it's, right? yeah. It's so hard. And, and you paid
0: for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah a lot so I know, I know therapists are going to be mad at me for saying that, but this is the reality of it.
1: Yeah. It's not okay. cheap to, to go to no. therapy. It really is. Um, It's something that, it, you know, it's, it's a privilege really. And it's, It's hard to find, first of all, the right therapist. Sometimes it takes a few tries. Um, Thankfully, we were able to find the right therapist, but um, insurance did not cover it. And it's just, it's hard. So it made it, you know, even harder to want to be there. Well, I know that I'm older than you.
0: (laughs) And I remember when I first started work, um, they used to have insurance policies that actually, from From your corporate job. Um, they had policies that incorporated mental health. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you would pay 50%, and the company would, well, the insurance company would pay 50%. And then there was a time when they excluded all of that out of all policies. And the mental health of our communities has completely deteriorated because of that. Yeah. And and we see that with, you know, people on the sidewalk talking to themselves and, you know, all kinds of things and yeah. not good. It's just not no. good. And if no, you don't health. have that, if you don't have those funds, if you aren't fortunate to have those extra funds, um, it makes life very difficult.
1: Yeah. I mean, mental health is, is so important too. I mean, To be able to keep up and um to be able to have the privilege to do it. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be a privilege. I mean, it should be something that is automatic, um, to be able to find those resources. And it's it's hard to, I mean, even you know, working in my field as a social worker, it's hard to connect people to resources like that. Um, you really it shouldn't be as much of a privilege as it is,
0: truly. I thoroughly agree.
1: Yeah.
0: Would you say that? um because of everything you went through knowing he was going to die and that it wasn't a sudden death okay would you say that um it was it was more um a little bit more easy to transition into your grieving process or would you say it was just as difficult as if it had been sudden
1: yeah you know that's such a good question and i think about that actually a lot um because prior to, prior to his death and actually during it, um, I thought that anticipating his grief, um, would make it easier. I thought that, you know, I'm, I'm grieving him for these nine months. So when it does happen, it will be less of a blow to me. Um, but really, you know, there's, there was different layers that were added onto it. Um, anticipatory grief is such a weird thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I, really, you know, on top of anticipatory grief, watching somebody that you love, that's so strong in your life, just wither away mentally and physically just is horrible. And I just don't wish yes. that upon anybody. Um, so I think that really, that really added onto the grief, um, cause you're slowly watching this person just wither to nothing. Um, I don't, you know, I think that, um, I think that it made, I think it made a difference. You know, I don't think it made it easier, which I thought it would. So now I know that, you know, I anticipated him dying. And I tried to anticipate um what it would be like, but I I now know that I never truly could have prepared for life without him. Um so no, I mean it was it was very difficult. Um I was glad that he was out of his his pain and um mm-hmm. and being in the state that he was in, but um you know you I never experienced, I never, you know, ex- expected to experience what I did I guess after he died. Um, you know, I didn't sleep well. Um, following the weeks of his death, I actually had a lot more physical symptoms of grief than I was expecting to. Um, you know, I my chest hurt, I had back pain, I was getting headaches. Um, I thought something was wrong with me. Um, but really it was just the grief manifesting in this physical way. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sorry, a long way to answer your question. I think No, please <laughs> take the time. People would yeah, would appreciate <laughs>
0: this. Because yeah, a lot I, of people a lot of people think that when they have an anticipatory death, that all that time, you know, that they were grieving in the background, so to speak, right? Yeah. Um, that they kind of paid their dues.
1: Let's yeah. put it that way. And I, then, you know and I, yeah.
0: And I, then uh, when it finally happens, you're like wait a minute. I thought it was done here.
1: (laughs) Yes. And I absolutely went into, you know, this process thinking that and thinking that, okay, well, I'm grieving him for these nine months. So when it does happen, the blow will be less, um, Mm -hmm. which I think it, I think it was in a way. Um, I don't think it made the grief any different or any less. It made it different. Um, you know, instead of waking up one day and having him gone, I did have these nine months to, to, sort of in a way, prepare for it. Although you really, truly can never prepare for life without somebody that you love. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely went into it thinking that, um, it would be less of a blow and it, it just was a blow in a different way. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about it. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I, I experienced physical symptoms, um, and I didn't sleep well for weeks after I was really anxious. Um, you know, I think it the loss, any type of loss, but a loss of a magnitude of a parent. Um, it it was it was hard for my brain to really compute that it actually happened. Um, so you know, you'd wake up in the morning and it takes a minute to kind of register that he actually is gone. Um and I, you know, grief is a weird thing. It just hits you out of nowhere too. Um sometimes I wish that I, when I was walking around, I had this big sign on my forehead that said that I was grieving so that people would go easy on me. <laughs> 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 but uh, yes. yes, I can see that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, because they don't
0: know, I mean, they have no yeah. idea what's going on with you.
1: No, no. You, I mean, you have no idea. So, and you know, the smallest things can kind of trigger it. Um, because seemingly, you know, my life kind of went back to how it was prior to his diagnosis, but this huge part of me was missing. So, um, trying to kind of adjust back to that and the outside, I look normal, but on the inside, you know, I was having these bursts of grief hit me out of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of knocked you on your feet for a little bit. Um, you know, over time, I mean, it hasn't been that long, but over time, you know, those lessened a little bit, um, it's still hard to process though. It's, you know, a huge loss and it's, you know, sometimes I'll just remember that he's gone and, you know, it hits you out of nowhere still. Um, Mm. but it's just grief is so weird. And I wish more people understood, um, under kind of understood the process. I'm glad that people, I guess in a way don't, because that means they've never experienced a loss because loss is awful. But I wish that, um, you know, people were more open to understanding, Grief and loss, and and how it really affects people on such a a physical and mental level, right? And
0: yeah. even in other areas, uh, dealing with um, your job, you mm-hmm. know, reconnecting with friends, and oftentimes they don't know how to talk to you, yeah, and you know, so a lot of them stay away, yep, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, um, we had a celebration of life for him. Um, oh nice. Yeah. He didn't he didn't want to service. We cremated him. Um he we he wanted everybody to come celebrate him, which we very much did. Um but you know after after that was over um everybody kind of was like okay, it's done. That's yeah. it <laughs> And then you know, all right. So then the people me, my sister, my mom and you know our close family were just Nothing has changed for us. I mean, now he's gone, and the, you know that's really the time where we we need the most support, and um, yeah. that's kind of when people around you start moving moving on, and your mm-hmm. world is left just mm-hmm. kind of shattered, you know. Yeah. So it's it's hard. It is. It's you know, of course, I've said this so many times, but it's hard. Grief is hard. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, yeah,
0: it is. And did you take some time before you went to work again?
1: I did um I took about three weeks um to go back and my um my leadership team they were amazing throughout the whole process, and you know if I needed a day to uh something came up with his care throughout anything they were they were super great so when he when he did die, I let them know, and you know they told me to take as much time as I needed, so it took a few weeks and um it was it was nice to get kind of back into a routine once once I was ready but um it took a little it took a little bit um to kind of adjust back into it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So would you like to spend a little time uh helping and giving advice to people who might be going through what you've been through?
1: Yeah. Um yeah, I would definitely um I would definitely advise them to um reach out and utilize what support system they do have. Um, I think it was, it was hard for us to ask for help in certain situations. So we kind of took it all on ourselves. I wish that looking back that we would have, we would have asked for more help and, and let people know that we were having a hard time and, and, you know, throughout nine months, of course we had a lot of hard times. So I wish that we would have, um, I wish that we would have utilized the people that we had a little bit more and um, taken a little bit more, breaks sometimes, um, being a caregiver alone, but then being, you know, watching somebody you love die and both of those things together is it's very heavy. Um, it's very tiring and it's very hard. So I wish that we would have, I wish we would have utilized a little bit more of, um, you know, family to come and help a little bit more, um, friends to come and help people offered. Um, but you know, I don't want to bother them. I wish that I would have taken them up on that. Um, and I do think that because death is such a taboo topic, um, people kind of need to be guided a little bit. So I also wish looking back, um, you know, I had friends who, who didn't know how to talk to me really about, about it. I wish that instead of just being annoyed that they didn't know how to talk to me about it, I wish that I would have told them how to talk to me about it. Um I wish that I would have, you know, told them, you know, ask me how I'm doing or check in on me. And if, you know, if I want to talk, I will. And if not, then just sit with me and, you know, be with yeah. me um, in those moments. But I think that avoidance is the worst thing that you can do. And that's the only wrong thing that you can say to somebody going through that situation. And so um, acting like it's not happening is just kind of a a blow to them because it's a huge thing going on in their life. So, um, so ask for help and tell people how to help you, um, and talk to you about it. And in, in that way, maybe people will become more comfortable talking about death too, which is very needed.
0: Yeah. I, I remember, um, explaining on my podcast, how important it is just to be with someone who's going yeah. through this kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, you don't have to say anything, just be with them. Yeah. Absolutely. And just read the room. Do they need a drink? Do they need food? Do you want me to yeah. do this? Do you want me to take care of the kids? I mean, can I make yeah. dinner? Do I do laundry while I'm here? I mean, so many things
1: Yeah. yeah, That you don't
0: realize that is, is so difficult and such a heavy burden on top of, you know, grieving, right. Or helping with the transition, however long it's going to be. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, those small tasks that, you know, we just, we don't even think about in our daily lives become these huge burdens yes. while you're grieving and caretaking. Um, so yeah, I mean, my, my favorite people throughout that journey that we were on were the ones that, that would just check in or, you know, sometimes they wouldn't even ask questions. They'd, you know, send a little text saying, thinking of you, I'm here if you need me. Um, yes. if not, you know, whatever you need. So, um, you know, they those wouldn't the best. Those are the yeah. best. Yeah not pushing just letting letting me know that they were there if i needed yeah. anything so you know looking back i do wish i would have utilized them a little bit more but um it was great to know that they were there if i did need them wow. yeah it's great
0: mm-hmm. is
1: there anything else you'd like to share i don't you know i don't think so um i don't know if you know if this is grief and death and loss and you know going through something like this is, is um, it's just an awful thing for anybody to experience. So I'm so sorry if you are experiencing this or have experienced something like this before. Um, But, you know, please reach out and utilize your support system if you have one. Um, If not, there's lots of community resources that you can be connected to. Um, So, you know, I guess that's, that's what we got final words for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Dory, so much for being with me and
0: sharing so much of your heart and your dad's journey. Yeah. And so I hope we speak again. And I if you need anything, you get back to me. Thank you.